Collecting Heroes Season 1, Episode 1. Um, I'm so excited to bring you this podcast or show, whatever we want to call it. But first, before all that, uh, just let me do a quick introduction. My name is JD, I'm from Sydney, Australia, and a pop culture enthusiast, as well as being a collector myself. Uh, when I came up with the idea for Collecting Heroes, I was thinking about how much of things I own are, um, are fueled by my passions for the characters and movies and shows, and in my case, Batman being on top of that list. But that passion comes from my own experiences when I was young and also now as an adult. So that's what I want to capture in this podcast, and each episode I'll be having conversations with other collectors where I want to hear their stories and what drives their fandom, uh, not just how long have you collected or how many things do you own, I mean, that will probably, you know, be part of the convo, but more what is at the heart behind their collecting. So that's why I'm really excited by this, because not only do I get the chance to geek out with these people but hopefully you can join us in that feeling of shared love as well. So whether you are or whether you're not a collector yourself, I'm sure this can appeal to anyone, and I'm really happy to have you here listening to this show and this episode, season one, episode one of Collecting Heroes. Yes, it's time to get things started. And welcome my first guest to the Collecting Heroes podcast, David Soloff. David, thank you for joining me. It's my pleasure. Happy to be here. And David is a collector of the Muppets. I'm, I'm very excited to have you on the show. And the reason being is that when I saw your collection online, it really brought a lot of joy to me to, to have a look at the video on your YouTube channel and see that. Um, and I think for anyone who loves the Muppets, they would feel the same looking at your collection. So colorful, all those you know characters that we love, like Kermit and everyone else. Um, but that that's me looking at it. For you, tell me a little bit about yourself. Tell me, how did you get into the Muppets? What was your first memories of the Muppets and how did you come to love them? Oh, wow. That's as long as I can remember. So I was born in 1968. So a year before Sesame Street went on the air. Okay. Um, so, you know, it was essentially there from the beginning and had an awareness of who the Muppets were then. I had an anything Muppet puppet. And I remember having a Grover puppet. And I think uh, an Ernie, maybe a bird, but the Ernies were the, you know, hard plastic heads. Oh, yeah. So I just knew. I don't remember a time I didn't know who the Muppets were. So I was certainly very aware of them when the Muppet Show first came on the air in 1976 and was a fan from the get-go. I mean, I just absolutely loved it. I can't even pinpoint why at that point, you know, looking back now and what continues to bring me pleasure about them, but um, it was just a, a happy place for me. And I remember some of the first things I got were, you know, the Muppet Show cast albums when they yeah. came out. I remember, uh, so my parents for birthdays for my brother and I, when we were young, we'd get $2 for every year we were born. So on my 10th birthday, I remember them giving me a $20 bill and I could buy that first 
Muppet Show cast album with it. So that's one of the earliest. On vinyl, we're talking about. What's that? On vinyl, is that what we're talking about? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's all. That's all there was back then. <laughs> that was pre-cassette tapes too, I think. Yeah, I, I remember uh, actually one of my earliest vinyls as a kid um, was, and I'm showing my age here as well, obviously, <laughs> but um, <laughs> it was uh, like a, it was a Disney one, actually. It was uh, Disco yeah. Mickey or something, I think, so. I'm trying to remember. Yeah. It was like, um, and it had Disco Duck, I remember, was one of the songs on there. Yeah. Uh, it, but I, no, I, I definitely remember, um, and actually, funnily enough, as a child, I would get given, uh, you know, my my record, regular pocket money was $2. Um, oh, when I was, and I used to use that to go out and buy music as well. And that was when cassettes, after cassettes had come in, that I was doing majority of that. Well, that you know, speaking of audio cassette, you know, at Muppet Show, these were the days before, I mean, even VCRs. So I would set up an audio tape deck next to the TV set yeah. and record record the Muppet Show. So, you know, for many years, that was my only way to con continue to connect with the actual show was just listening to the audio. I mean, I remember the some of my favorite episodes now are the ones that I listened to so much back then, the Roger Miller episode and the Phyllis Diller episode. And these were ones I just had on audio. Oh, wow. I, I, uh, I, think, um, I think any older listeners would remember, you know, recording things on cassettes as well. Yeah. I mean, doing that from oh, the yeah. radio, like that's, that's how, right. how you did it. You couldn't download yeah. stuff. That was, that was the way you downloaded things back in that the was day. Your right. Yeah. It's interesting with each kind of advance in, you know, audio technology from, you know, audio tapes to CDs and on, or not just, and uh, video as well from, you know, VHS to DVD to Blu-ray, the Muppets have been my, reason for getting the next technology uh, yeah yeah, yeah I, I finally got a cd player when muppet hits came out on cd and <laughs> you know dvd when stuff started coming out on dvd and blu-ray so i could get those that next set of uh special features whatever so muppets have been my uh advance in technology does that mean you have muppets on laserdisc as well i actually don't i i, I have some just in Nostalgia as a, yeah. a collect, but never we never had a laser disc player. I, I don't think many people did. <laughs> it was very short lived. But they're beautiful. They're beautiful little things to have in a collection. Little, and do you I still mean, have the original vinyl that you were talking about, the one you bought for twenty dollars? Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Not, not a lot of people I mean, hang on to things that long. That's that's awesome. I, I, I pretty much every Muppet thing I have. Like, there's no reason I ever would have gotten rid of it. And. Another thing that I think I loved when I was watching your video of you describing Muppets, you know, in your love for Muppets, um, with, with your YouTube video where you go through your collection, is that connection that you talk about how it shaped your career. Can you tell me a little bit about that and how, you know, obviously you got to love it as a child, but then where that propelled you as an adult now? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so... I started just doing puppet shows, you know, initially for myself, I remember having, you know, the Fisher Price Kermit and the Fozzie and lip syncing to the albums. Um, and then I started doing puppet shows as a kid. I mean, I was young, but I remember doing it for birthday parties. Uh, so that was kind of my introduction to 
performing. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, I started doing live theater and wound up majoring in acting in college. Uh, so that was kind of an extension that all started with a love for the Muppets. Uh, in college and through high school, I did a lot of children's theater. And uh, at some point I'd heard about Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey Clown College, where they actually trained clowns to go on the road with the greatest show on earth. And I'd never seen Ringling Brothers, had never thought about being a clown, but I thought these would be good skills for children's theater, which I loved. Yeah. Started study, you know, learn more about clowning. About the same time, I kind of discovered Charlie Chaplin uh, and was lucky enough then to get accepted into Ringling's Clown College, which was uh, about an eight week program. Uh, graduation of that then was a show. You know, you spent a few weeks rehearsing. We did all did a show. Producer of the circus was there and handpicked who they wanted to go on the road with the circus. Yeah. And I was I was not chosen, I was an alternate, uh, which meant if an opening ever came up, they might give me a call or they might not. Is that uh, like a, a clown months, understudy? How does that work? Standby maybe, yeah. You know, yeah. it's we weren't traveling on the road. We weren't, you know, I just kind of went on with life, came back, was working in a bookstore and was like, well, that was a, a fun chapter in my life and yeah. you know, figure out what's, what's next. But then I got a call from the uh, talent producer saying they had an opening on one of the two units. Uh, was I interested? And could I be in Greensboro, North Carolina in one week? So my mom drove me down there and that's where I spent the next 11 years of my life. That's traveling on the, on the, it was amazing. And to tie it back to the Muppets as a clown, I felt very much like a living Muppet. You know, it was larger than life. It was slapstick. It was, you know, bright, characters and just ridiculousness you know and the whole point was spreading laughter and joy you know what could be more muppety than that definitely i i, I definitely think that yeah that is something that the muppets you know are all about right is, is bringing that joy and i think that's um something that jim henson really set out to do you know through his journey Absolutely. you know um, i mean it I think it shaped me, and not just as you know, into the the career I chose, but very much as a person I am. I my outlook on life, you know, a certain optimism, a silliness. I mean, without a doubt, I would not be the person I am, or have lived the life I lived if it weren't for the Muppets. I love that, and that's that's what you know. That's what these things can do for us. You know, we we talk about things that we love in pop culture and the things that we collect. Um, it's funny you go back to i don't know if, if you're familiar with with the quote from fight club where i think along the lines of the things that you own end up owning you but i mean you obviously own that as a person um you know in in the ethos of, of the way you live your life you know trying to bring joy to people and i think that's fantastic and and the muppets as i said they brought joy to millions. They still bring joy to millions. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, Sesame Street still still around, you know, you were talking yeah. about. I, I remember growing up Sesame Street. I remember growing up with the Muppets as, as a kid and watching the TV show and, um, and the movies and absolutely loved the movies. In fact, that's probably one of, the, one of my next questions, I guess. Do you have a favourite Muppet movie? Oh, the original. The original, the original. Muppet movie without a doubt. I mean, I've watched it 
more times than I can count. It's just, I feel like it's got a bigger heart than the others. I enjoy them all. I mean, I'm always yeah. happy to see them. You know, Great Muppet Capers, probably more joke heavy. Um, you know, Muppets Take Manhattan, just kind of the Broadway aspect of it, you know, having been a performer uh, and studying acting, but just that original The Muppet Movie is just the songs, the story. Uh, yeah, not even a question of which is my favorite. <laughs> uh, my, my favorite movie um, is Muppets from Space. Um, actually, really? Yeah, I, I absolutely loved that one. Like, funnily enough, I I loved the original as well. I actually watched the original a few months back, and I I was reminded of how many um, celebrities they get within these yeah. these movies as well. You you forget like when you don't see them for a while, you forget how many celebrity cameos happen in there. I think Steve Martin is one of the ones I think I remember. Uh, I think he, he's in in the original movie. Um, I, I can't remember. I just know there were so many of them. Um, yeah. And I was like, every five minutes, I was like, oh, oh, there's that that person, there's that that person. Um, but yeah, Muppets for Space was one of those ones that was really, um, I just found really silly, and and I, I came to love Pepe as a character, yeah. the the prawn. Uh, and you, you saw when you first came into to our video chat, <laughs> and I have a little Pepe. Pepe was like yeah, Pepe um, toy. Um, and he's just got some classic lines that are like little little zingers and one liners that I absolutely love. Of the kind of post Jim Henson era, I mean, definitely a, a standout and very, very funny character. Yeah. Before that, I would say that Gonzo was was probably one of those characters, and I think that's probably why Muppets from Space also holds a special place yeah. for me because Gonzo being that main character um, for that storyline, um, and he was one of the ones that I loved as a kid growing up as well. I remember watching watching him and um, with the chickens, <laughs> the chickens. The chicken songs, some of my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> With your collection, now going back to your collection, because you've got quite a sizable collection in, in the room. How many pieces? Like, just as a, do you have an estimate of sort of how many pieces you think you might have? Nah, I don't even know where to start. And the, what I have in the house here isn't even everything. There's still stuff in storage back at my parents' house. Um, I didn't even, I can't wait to go through those boxes when I see them again, because I don't even know what I have. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, in the thousands, I don't even know, you know, if you start counting individual figures and, you know, multiple copies of DVD releases. And I, I would say I probably have just about every book that's come out and yeah, no, I, I wouldn't even know where to start uh, on a number. <laughs> <laughs> that that's fair that's fair and look as i said there's quite quite a bit i can see in the room but like when you said there's things in storage i can't imagine how long it would take to actually go through all those different places and yeah, get you've got, hold on, I'll, start, I'll start counting you know how long <laughs> time. all right cool one two yep oh, cool all right uh, i don't know how long people will want to listen to <laughs> yeah welcome to the counting heroes podcast <laughs> wow. and lightning goes <laughs> one Muppet. Ha, ha, ha. One. Muppet. <laughs> uh, well, I, I guess you know that that's another perfect question. Um, you know, you talk about the you know book collections and all the different things you have. Is there any type of piece that you don't collect um, within the Muppets? Like, is there something that you sort of avoid collecting, or that over the years you've sort of gone, eh, that really doesn't really fit the collection. I, I'll get rid of those. Nothing. Um, I. Not a lot of Sesame Street stuff, just because there's so 
much. I, you know, my focus has been more on kind of the Muppet Show Muppets. Though mm-hmm. I have a lot of Fraggle Rock stuff, you know, some Dark Crystal. Um, I used to collect uh, the lapel pins uh, yep. and kind of shy away from that again because there's just so many, you know, in Disney. Mm. Uh, you know, I live, it, you know, by Orlando, so we're at the parks a lot and there's just always new and just had to draw the line, you know, there's, there's still bills to be paid and, you know, gotta, <laughs> gotta eat. So, um, it's the hazard of being a collector, right? Is, uh, do, do I eat yeah. this week or do I buy another Kermit? Right. And that, you know, I've got, I don't, I don't buy everything now in general, you know, there are some things, but it used to be, if there was a Muppet thing, I had to have it. I mean, now I get stuff and there's not even any place to display it anymore. There's stuff sitting on the floor in here. Cause I'm just, out of shelf space so pick and choose my wife is a bad influence on me because she's like no you gotta get it I'm like well, where am i gonna put it what am i gonna do with it um but every book i mean i'm a, a heavy reader anyway so um books i certainly get um again every version new release of a, a dvd yeah. in the hope that there might be something unseen treasure on it that hasn't been already released yeah uh, my newest thing that I've been getting a lot of uh, is uh, artwork to put on the walls from different artists. We go to a lot of comic cons and one of my favorite areas is the artist section. And I love digging through their stuff and seeing what Muppet thing they might have. So I really enjoy seeing all those different styles. I saw that in the photos people. that you sent me, actually, a lot of the art pieces up on the wall. Are older. There's a bunch of new stuff. Uh, that I've gotten because I'm much more deliberately kind of like, okay, I've got an open wall now. Let's, uh, let's see what's out there. And so a lot of the photos that you've sent me, I think are probably from your Muppets room. If I'm going to have mm-hmm. this, uh, how much yep. of it spills out into the rest of the house? Not a ton. There's a couple shelves. My, my wife is a knickknack collector as well. Yeah. So our entire house is just shelves of, you know, Funko Pops and Vinyl Mations and action figures. So a couple of those shelves uh, are in the living room are allowed to be devoted to the Muppets as well, as well as some uh, lunch boxes up on top of things. So you said she's uh, a bad influence. Usually like in some couples, you know, it's usually you have your collection and and you try and keep it in a contained area away for, you know, so that <laughs> your partner is not getting getting worried about it spilling over into the other parts. Um, but it, she, she, she's, she's, she's just as bad. Yep. And she encourages it. And I mean, we have an entire room in the house. Just all it is, is my Muppet collection. Like it serves no purpose. It's at one point it was an office as well. And I had a desktop computer in here, but as I've transferred, you know, I use a laptop. I sit out at the dining room table. So that desk went away and more shelves went in. And yeah, I mean, it's, I don't want to say pointless because it brings me such joy, but it serves in in the house other than being a space for Muppet stuff. But that's a, I mean, that's a great function in itself, right? Is bringing you joy. I mean, that's the thing we want in life, right? Like everyone's trying to find their happy happy place and, and that joy. And you've got that little happy place within your home. That you can go. I do. And and that's, I will come in here and just stand and look at all the things on the shelves and, you know, memories connected with them. And, oh, I forgot I had that little thing in the corner. So, yeah, it is, I mean, absolutely, literally my happy place. 
what what's the uh, first impressions? I mean, obviously we know what, what your wife obviously thinks and being a collector herself. Um, but what's the first impression of your family or friends or when they first come in and they first experience the Muppet Room? Boy, well, I think you know everybody knows. You know, I'm the I'm a Muppet guy. You yeah. know, there's no question in my life. You know, I was a circus clown, so it's not that unusual for me. But I don't think anyone really understands like how much <laughs> i really have like i'm not an idol collector this is you know bordering on obsessive and certainly fanatic mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. uh, but i think they're impressed and it, it's fun to show people because there's a lot of oh i had that or i remember that and just you know everybody at some point even it you know they have a connection with the muppets everybody knows who the muppets are whether it's sesame street or fraggle rock or the yeah. muppet show yeah. so no i i haven't met anybody who's weirded out by it um, they haven't told you, you know? your face anyway if they did they're probably not worth having in your in your place that's right that's right who needs yeah. who needs them? who needs them? um but uh, it's interesting that everybody does have a connection and understand you know there are certainly worse vices that I could have than collecting Muppet stuff. Yeah, and it's generational, the Muppets, too. Like, uh, even that, that whole Henson thing. Uh, I was listening to a podcast. Um, I was re-listening to a podcast, actually, because I really enjoyed the conversation with Brian Henson, um, mm -hmm. where he was speaking to Chris Hardwick. I don't know if you may have heard this podcast, yeah. uh, the ID10T I... one. And what is it? ID10T, Chris Hardwick's podcast. He, he has two episodes where he interviews Brian Henson, um, and in the second one, um, you know, they talk uh, a little bit about, oh, there's so many great things that they talk about, um, but you hear about, um, you know, the generational thing with their family, how Brian had his time, you know, looking after the, the company and then Lisa took over as the CEO, just the, the history that they go into. Um, it, it's a it's a great listen. Um, there's there's so many things. I, it's, it's hard for me to sort of know which point to talk, to, yeah, talk about. I think oh you know and and for anyone listening to the podcast, I'll, I'll link that um, in the description as well so that they can ha have a look. Um, but it's definitely worth a listen. And, uh, and you know, it brought me back to a bit of a happy place listening and hearing that. Um, take a little bit of a serious turn. Um, the in your in your room on your wall talking about the pictures on your wall there's one that you have sort of centerpiece it looks um which is a life magazine i think it is cover yeah. is that correct yeah um yeah that has yes that's behind your head there yeah um has kermit on the cover um i i believe is is the came out is the issue straight after the death of jim henson um yeah, that's so correct. that would be 1990. tell me a little bit about how you know do you remember much about that time and maybe where you were when you found out and, and how you felt oh, like a hundred percent and exactly where i was so um i graduated college it's the year i graduated and my first job after college is performing at uh bush gardens in williamsburg virginia mm -hmm. and i remember driving around williamsburg in my car and hearing it on the news and i mean i had to i had to pull over i mean it was out of the blue i mean unexpected and this was you know my idol this was you know yeah he was 53 years old yeah. yeah you know who 
who I am was because of this man's creations. So, um, yeah, it was, you know, life changing in a way. It was just shattering. Yeah. What What was the main like takeaway? Like, do you remember? Um, because I know we have, you know, certain celebrities pass away and there's, you know, outpouring of grief. Do you remember a bit about that, how the feeling was at that time with people as well and, you know, talking yeah, to I mean, people about it? Um, I don't remember any real conversations with folks, but I think people, you know, certainly sought out my feelings, again, knowing that I was, you know, Mr. Muppet. Yeah. Um, but certainly a sense of, you know, where what's next, you know, where does it go? Is this the end of the Muppets? Um, but, you know, I, like, I think back and it's amazing how long ago it was. I mean, I, I'm the age now that Jim Henson was when he passed away, which is mm. very mind blowing. Um, but because all that stuff he created is still out there and has really been a part of my day-to-day -day life. I mean, there's not a day that goes by that you know, I'm not listening to something Muppets or looking at something Muppets. Uh, it feels like he's still been here throughout all that and still having an influence and still spreading joy in the world because these amazing characters, yeah. people who inspired and the people who continue his legacy. And I mean, the Muppets are still here. They are. And, and that's what I was saying before, you know, his children carrying on the legacy with Brian mm -hmm. and Lisa. Um, I think that's one of the reasons, you know, we've, we've managed to have that over the years. You know, he left such a big legacy, you know, such a huge body of work as well that he, that he did yeah. and uh, went through and touched so many people within um, entertainment and uh, other parts of pop culture as well. Um, I mean, even Star Wars, you know. Um, yeah. now, I mean, Yoda is not a Muppet per se, but he was voiced by Frank Oz and I think they did have a lot of the... Uh, experienced Muppet creators who actually worked on, on the Yoda puppet. Um, sure. And the whole, you know, the process of creating the characters and the technology for dark crystal. And, yeah. you know, I mean, even back to Emmett Otter and the radio controls for those characters, I mean, each advance he made, made Yoda possible. And actually that's another thing they were talking about in that uh, Chris Hardwick podcast that I was talk um, talking about. Um, they touch on some of those other movies, including um, Dark Crystal, and then they talk about how how fantastic it is to have you know Netflix be able to pick up a TV show, a modern right. version of that, um, for the Age of Resistance. Uh, yeah. But also um, Labyrinth, how when yeah. Labyrinth came out, it was essentially a flop when it when it came right. out, um, and but it has become such a cult hit. And uh, and I think one of the things Brian said, I, I can't remember exactly. I don't want to. I don't want to butcher the the, the, um, the information but essentially uh, in the years afterwards there there are years where labyrinth makes more money per year i think um now than it did when it f first released um, right it, it, it's a shame because i know both the uh, or lack of success for dark crystal and labyrinth was very hard on jim you know if you read mm. the brian J. jones biography you know it, it talks about how it really hurt him yeah um, it, if he could have only seen the life they've had beyond and i mean D dark crystal age of resistance is amazing and just builds on that world and that technology 
you know, if he could just see the life these things had. Mm. Uh, Labyrinth was a movie I saw at the cinemas, and it's like one of, like, yeah. you know, I, among my early cinema memories as a child, um, Labyrinth is, is amongst those. Um, Labyrinth and uh, Never Ending Story, um, oh, yeah. you know, as well. But, yeah, a lot of those movies, and, and, and that's why I think, yeah, he's, like I say, his legacy, you know, goes on to this day and, and lives within pop culture and is spread out to other parts of pop culture and and the way that, that creatures are, are created with, in, in the advent, even when some of the CGI going backwards to now being a bit more of that realistic um, puppetry, you know, um, mixed with the, the computer CGI. Sure, but so I think, you know, there's a little bit of a, a backlash on CGI and things are getting back to some more practical effects. Practical effects. That's the, that's the word I was looking for. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Do you have a favorite character? Uh, my answer has always been Kermit. I still, yeah. I love, love Kermit. Um, in recent years, I've grown a strong love for Ralph, the dog. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that from, uh, in recent years, getting to see so many of the of his appearances on the Jimmy Dean show, and just what a great and funny and strong character he was, and the the interplay between Jimmy Dean and Ralph was is just delightful. So yeah, Ralph has whereas Kermit has the kind of the leadership and uh, normalcy <laughs> compared to the other month, <laughs> which I. Um, as much as a normal talking frog. Sure. Uh, just a sideline on that element. Um, when I was in the circus, I was uh, for a few years the boss clown. So I was in charge of the other clowns. Uh, and I had a my kind of notebook that I kept things in, had a sticker on it that said, what would Kermit do? I felt very much like, okay, I'm the center of this hurricane. I was surrounded by all these crazies, these wacky people. And my job was to know when to rein them in and when to let them loose when to join in and when to be the boss. So WWKD, what would Kermit do? Yeah, that's exactly my sticker. I, uh, so I've always affinity for Kermit, uh, but Ralph has a, a sassiness to him. Yeah. Uh, very almost understated sense of humor. He has a silliness, but he also can be serious. So yeah, he's just- I think uh, probably he may be, um that type of humor is almost maybe more even geared towards someone, uh, you know, an adult. Um, yeah. As opposed to Kermit being that, you know, that face of the Muppets that really uh, children, you know, see and, and recognize and, and identify with. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. But, you know, and I, there's, I've got lots of little peripheral characters I love, you know, Lou Zealand and Fletcher the Bird. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, there's so many characters, but yeah, I mean, I've got a Kermit tattoo, you know, that's. Uh, well, that's the answer right there. Right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't want to keep you too much longer, um, but I I did have just um, uh, so, something else to, to sort of ask, and that is about your YouTube channel um, mm -hmm. you created. You have the videos on there. Where, where you actually go through uh, almost 60,000 views now on your, on your original um, wow. Muppet video. <laughs> yeah. Do you plan on, do you plan on continuing that? Like um, the YouTube channel? Uh, hopefully we'll get back to it. Um, you know, my wife and I 
we live in Orlando. We do a lot of theme parks and have yeah. fun together. So just kind of started that uh, to kind of document that and the the Muppet thing. You know, doing my collection, showing that was just okay. What else can we do? What other content? And that certainly has been the one video that has gotten the most comments and responses and reactions to. Yeah. You know, we did a follow up of you know, opening up one of the many boxes of stuff that's still in storage. So hopefully we'll do some more of that. But uh, certainly the pandemic threw a, a kink in things, even though we still go and do things and get out and enjoy the theme parks. Yeah. More of a restraint to it. You know, we're out there masked. Uh, we're just trying to keep our distance from people, yeah. especially earlier days. Of course. Uh, so I think we out of the rhythm and routine of doing it but i would love to get back to it if if for no other reason than just to create memories for my wife and i and well, kind of go back and videos. i hope so i i i i got enjoyment watching the videos of you guys i think there was a lego land one which i i found really joyous to watch as well um so i I'd, I'd love to see more content from you uh, the solo as well for people who who are interested in going and checking that out and, and subscribing Talking about uh, Disneyland, and obviously because Disney now own, owning, uh, of, since I think 2004, I think they, they've owned the rights. Yeah, to the um, do, do they still have the 3D show um, in Orlando? They do. We do still have it in Orlando. Yeah. Yep, it's, uh, uh, hopefully it's right outside the Galaxy's Edge Star Wars area, so hopefully it'll stick around, but I don't know as things expand. But, yeah, it's the theater still there. Um, that used to have a giant Kermit hot air balloon on the top, but they removed that because it was within the sight lines of the Star Wars area. Uh, but yeah. there's a Miss Piggy, Miss Piggy fountain is still out in front. I've seen the uh, photos and, of that. That's it's like a Statue of Liberty style. Yeah, right? yep. It, yeah. Used, it used to revolve. It doesn't revolve anymore, but at least it's still there. And actually, the bathrooms in that area are um, Gonzo's Royal Flush. I think that's what it's called. Which <laughs> from the reboot movie um there was a shop there which does have some decor that years ago i mean was just it was all muppet stuff and it's just gradually gotten smaller and smaller so there's a little corner of muppet stuff in it now and it's been closed for you know at least a year with the pandemic now and hasn't reopened but yeah the film's still here um we had for a while the at magic kingdom uh muppets present great moments in american history which was great it's probably about that yeah it it was actual puppets you know it wasn't big costume characters and probably the most muppet show like thing i've seen since kind of jim's days like it had that sense of silliness and anarchy that just feels a little missing from some of the more modern stuff. Uh, okay. Okay. Well, I mean, it's good that they've still got a presence there. Um, Cause I know yep. that they, they ended up moving, removing that from the Anaheim. Um, right. Which I, I like the Disneyland there, uh, which I was a bit disappointed about. I, I went there in 2018. Um, so I would have loved to have, to, to have seen it if it had been there still. And I hope to get back there eventually one day again, hopefully to Orlando as well. So I won't keep you uh, any longer. I want to first off thank you again for being on the podcast. Um, our first episode, 
uh, I think you're a wonderful guest. Uh, I think you've got a wonderful collection and I've really enjoyed talking to you about it. Before we end, uh, did you want to plug, I've, I've already mentioned your YouTube channel, The Solovs. Um, that's, uh, do you want to spell that for people as well? It's The Solovs. So Solovs is S-O, love, L-O-V-E, and then an S on the end because it's plural. Solovs. Oh, yeah. Okay, great. So like I said, if anyone wants to uh, subscribe, they can go there. Any other um, plugs for social media where people can... can Not really. I don't much of a social uh, media presence. That's fair. So my, my, my wife posts all of our pictures and everything, so I just leave it to her. Um, but um, I just want to say this has been a joy, just a fun conversation with you. And, you know, I can talk about Muppets, you know, ad nauseum because uh, they're in my soul and in my heart and in my bloodstream. So thank you for inviting me on to share my love of the Muppets. Oh, again, thank you for, for being here. It was, it was my pleasure. Um, and who knows, maybe uh, later down there in the track, we'll see how many episodes in we get to Collecting Heroes. Maybe we'll need to do a part two, you know, get some of those extra stories out. I would absolutely love it. All right, David. Well, enjoy the rest of your night. And for all our listeners, enjoy the rest of your day, night, wherever you are. Um, it's been a pleasure. My first collector in my collection of podcasts. <laughs> so, yep. Thank you for listening. And uh, I don't know how to. This is my first first episode. I don't know how to, how do you wrap up a podcast? Uh, Yay! Yay! <laughs> Thank you and bye. Big thanks to David and also to you for making it all the way through to here. If you did like the episode, please consider following or subscribing wherever you listen to your podcasts. Uh, but also, you can join me on Instagram, at Collecting Heroes, where you can see photos of the collections, the people that I'm talking to, as well as some of my own 